Hey, this is Ryan Lambert, Rudy from the Monster Squad. You listen to Spoiler Country, for reals. It's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Henrik and Jeff. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us, leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Unite and welcome back to Spoiler Country. I am Johnny here again by myself because Kenrick again is out, still moving. He hasn't changed. He's still the same day as the first one you heard, and I'm here by myself. So, as you heard earlier today, we talked to Ryan Lambert from the Mantra Squad, and Jeff sat down and chat with him about a lot of stuff. And here is the other half because they talked for so long, I had to split it up for you. So, I'm not going to chat too much here. I'll hit you on the backside. Without further ado, here's Ryan Lambert. Here's on board. Yeah, and I, it would change the character quite a bit if he hangs around the elementary school to protect Horace, because you know that's where he's that's the only place where he is like the tough guy. That would change the character a bit. Love it. I love it. I love this. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll talk to us at uh, Fred Decker and be like, you know, you gotta have like like a, a mini short where you have Rudy, the junior high years. You know, <laughs> I've talked to Fred. You know, you could you you could ask Fred the same question he asked me, and he'd just go, interesting. <laughs> well, uh, eventually I'd like to talk. Yeah, eventually I'd like to talk to uh, Fred Decker. I know in about two or three weeks we have Duncan Ryder coming on, on the interview as well. Regeer. Regeer, sorry. I, I, I'm, I really am shit with names. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. I hear. <laughs> Fred will be a great interview. He'll talk a lot about James Bond and yeah. Ray Harryhausen. <laughs> that's cool <laughs> well I, I told the story before there was an um, interview I did some, some months back when I interviewed Stan Sakai the guy who created uh, Usagi Ujimbo and yeah. I mentioned about 12 different names and honestly God, I got every single one wrong <laughs> he said you're wrong on every single one I was like yeah I know that's hilarious <laughs> it's, it's just how it goes also who cares names right true call me whatever you want I did a whole interview once where they kept calling me Brian <laughs> Brian. <laughs> and I didn't I never said I never corrected them once. <laughs> like I don't care. Yeah. I, I, there, there was I I do independent comic books, very small market comic books. And you know, every once in a while you go on a show, you do and people review your book. And I've gone to like Fred Haas. So like, and Fred Haas's new book is like, Fred, where did you get Jeff for, uh, Fred from Jeff? That's I don't know. Little, but, yeah, that they wrote something wrong down or <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's way off. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> There's a difference between pronunciation and completely getting the wrong word. 
exactly. But the, the key was, though, they gave it a positive review, and that's really all I cared about. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Then I'm Fred, but I'm Fred with a good review. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm Fred, and I got a good review. The end. Like, not going <laughs> to complain about it. Not going to get on Twitter. Me, boob. He called me, boob. Shut up. Yeah. You're lucky that someone's reviewing your stuff. Not you particularly, but like, right, 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 right. be thankful that you're out there, you know, doing things that people are interested in. Well, it's kind of interesting. Just I know it's off topic, but a couple of years ago, before I was doing a, the podcast, I was doing a, a written interview where you know you you know just take questions that you know you, they type out their answers and you post you know the answers. What they what they told you what this and it was a very well known comic book writer at the time. I could give his name, and when I had asked him for the interview, is it Alan instead Moore? of an A, <laughs> huh? Is it Alan Moore? <laughs> no, it's not Alan Moore. I, I no, yeah, he's just he's, he's he's even too big of a dick for me to want to talk to. Okay, and he's famous, uh, but um. Uh, I'll, I'll just say the name it was uh, is Dan Jurgen, and I, at the end of his last name, I, I spelled it E N instead of A N, and he flamed me on Twitter over it. And I was like, Jesus, dude! <laughs> you just you just you, you just made my point. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna yes. get, uh, uh, shut up. <laughs> it, it it yeah. It's like I, I was like, you know, dude, it, you, all you had to say was fix fix the spelling. I've been like, all right, sorry, man. But yeah, I I, I remember that. That's something I always remember. Double check the spelling before you post anything. Sure. Yeah, that's nice. But anyways, double check yeah, on the site or something for sure. Yeah. So if if you if we post when this episode goes live and you find yourself <laughs> Robert Lambert, I apologize ahead <laughs> of time if that ever happens. It's pronounced Lambert. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but anyway, so to so go back a little bit onto Rudy, watching Monster Squad now as from a 21st century 2020 lens, you got Rudy smoking, you got Rudy creating bullets, you got Rudy shooting things, he's shooting arrows, he's stealing. Could this character exist in a modern movie now at all? I think that character could for sure. It's just comic relief, really. I mean, obviously, the smoking, maybe not. Unless you were sort of, I don't know, who cares? Yeah, I would do it. Like, you know, there are things that you can't do. Like, you, you actually can't do it. Like, if you do, like, no one's going to even make your movie. You know, there's a lot of derogatory statements and, you know, thrown at certain people, whether it's, like, serious or just a throwaway to another character, you know. And I don't even, like, you know... I, usually I don't give a shit about saying words, but like, you know, for the sake of content, context, you know, like they call each other faggot. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, that's, you can't, probably wouldn't call someone fat kid. <laughs> the smoking and drinking, it's like, I don't know. I, I think you can get away with it, even if it was controversial, that would be cool. You know, like, oh, he smokes and I wanna, I'm like, you know, I'm gonna, you know, write a protest about this like okay <laughs> calm down it's just a movie but like there are words that you just don't want to use anymore in this day and age even though if you understood the you know the reasoning and why it was there in the first place then you would understand and i think anybody that was there would understand why that's there but i've had friends or just people i know that write me and say I want to show this to my daughter. She's six. I know she'll love it so much because she watches a lot of crazy, weird stuff. And I think she, she would really like that. And she loves Frankenstein as like a character. Frankenstein's monster, sorry. But I'm a little nervous about the, the words. 
And then they came back to me and they said, I just explained it to her. You know, don't say this, don't say that. And I was like, mm. I don't know what to tell you about any of that. All I, can, <laughs> all I can defend is the time. You know, when we were kids, that's, those are the things we called each other. It didn't mean what it means now. It just what it didn't. And yeah, that's just pure fact. Or we just were dumb. <laughs> I don't know. But like, <laughs> it's just what we said. And it was sort of, sort of a thing that was accepted. And it wasn't a big deal then in, in film. In film. It's just what it, it's what it was. And you, yeah. you can watch the film and close your ears if it like, offends you. But like, you know, I have a weird thing about being offended you know yeah. like oh you're oh you're offended by that oh what okay now what like <laughs> like it's not against the law you know what i mean it's like if you're just offended by something then go away mm. i hate it i hate the word offended <laughs> i'm offended by that like, oh, no great i completely agree <laughs> okay. and and i think i found what i interested about much squad and talking about time periods in 1980, the movie came out in 1985, the same way it was made. It had been PG, and everyone would be like, cool PG movie. Obviously, it's PG-13 in 87, but I always think like, if you did it today, they wouldn't let you put PG-13 in because of the smoking and the kid making the bulls would be like, too sensitive. And I think it just tells you a change in our, I don't know, sensitivity, I guess, over the last 30-something years. Sure. Oh, oh my God. That's a, you know, truer words, you know. We've definitely become a lot more sensitive as a collective in this country. <laughs> I don't think that the rest of the world gives a shit about a lot of the things that we're offended by within our own country. I mean, tits on TV, like every other country except America. Like, I'm talking like regular, yeah. like, you know, broadcast television. Like, it's never been a big deal anywhere except here. Profanity, same thing, no big deal. Drinking wine on camera, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. it goes, dates back to whatever. Here it's like, oh, put a glass of wine in that person's hand, they're a drunk, you know? <laughs> and then you have to portray them as a drunk or whatever. But yeah. I mean, smoking is now, you know, if, it, if something takes place in this day and age, you probably don't want them to smoke unless it's part of the story. like. He's been, you know, we're trying to get him to stop smoking. It has to be like a thing. But, you know, if you're shooting something now that takes place in another heiress, a la Mad Men, you know, yeah. misogyny, and you're sort of like social commentating on that, you know. So I would feel the same way about using words like fag, faggot in, the, in that context. You know, if they said them on Stranger Things, if they said them in It, you know, or, or any films that somehow every film takes place in the 80s now, or TV show. I think that if you're offended by that, it's like, we need that in there, because that's what makes it authentic. Yeah. We can't put that in there. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus, people. My God. Yeah. If a movie takes place in 2000, even like five. No. Because that would be out of place. Yeah. It would make sense because kids knew that you, that's just, we don't say that anymore. We're not supposed to. Yeah. Sure. There are very, you know, well thought out areas of this country that, you know, have, <laughs> are still <laughs> well, on the wayside. <laughs> y- 
I mean, like, do you think it's like a, sort of like a first world privilege? That's what we get to worry about. What's that again? I'm sorry. I said, do you think it's sort of a first world privilege? That's what we get to worry about. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Obviously, it's also first world privilege that I'm doing a podcast. You know, in my living room. <laughs> you know, just talking into my iPad while the Dodgers game is on in the background. You know, I mean, there's definitely like a privilege going on there for certain. But sure, I, yeah, I agree with you on that. And just to talk about another scene that, once again, it, it, to me, it was a, it's an incredible scene. And it, it definitely, you know, in 19, it's definitely maybe 1987. I don't know how it would handle today. There's that scene where you stake the, the, the female vampire. And once again, you're basically supposed to be a 14-year-old kid doing that. And one, it must have been a kick-ass scene to be able to do that as a kid. But also wondering, you know, that is also a kind of a harsh scene. I mean, that is basically a kid killing something, as you know what I'm saying, quite literally, uh-huh. uh, straight up killing it. Yeah. Three, three vampire <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. Oh, that's true. Because the other ones were the bow and arrow. I shot one with bow and arrow, and then I staked one, and then you know, there's a little argument between Andre and I about how many confirms I have, <laughs> and he always leaves off the third. And I'm like, well, then who killed the third? Like I was there. I was killing them. That was my first task after. I mean, after the mummy. You know. Yeah. Uh, like. I, of course, Rudy killed the third vampire. Now, you know, a tree branch could have came out and stabbed her. <laughs> they never show it. Did, well, did, did Sean kill anybody it. in that movie? What's that? Did Sean kill anybody in that movie? Dracula. Or anything? Yeah, Dracula. Oh, well, did, did he really kill after? I'm trying he to remember. Did he kill Dracula directly or was he? He stakes him in the heart and then Dracula's carried off by Van Helsing into the vortex. So, right. so did he die? Helsing. Did he die? I actually have joked with Andre, like, if we ever did a sequel, if there, even if there was a sequel after that, like, obviously, like, Dracula would come back, right? So right. you didn't kill him. So zero confirmed for you. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying, because technically, <laughs> Dan Helsing would get the credit, because he was alive when Helsing is last, you know, the last one's wet the guy while he's alive. Hey, man, I mean, you're on, you're obviously Team Rudy, so that's a plus, <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure to tell Andre that as soon as next time I talk to him. <laughs> Hero confirmed. <laughs> I, just, I just thought it was kind of interesting that once again, Sean being the, the main character actually has the least kills. Horace has more, actually. Well, it wouldn't actually like have ever happened if it wasn't for him. So it is kind of like the Seinfeld mentality where it's like, yes, there's Seinfeld and then all the wackiness is going on around him. Yeah. Sean's kind of the Seinfeld of that <laughs> scenario. Like he's just, he's the leader. He's the main guy and he brings it all together and makes it all happen with some help from some, you know, a couple morons and, and some cool kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I mean, I, I, I mean, the, hero, f- is it- the hero of the movie, which people don't understand a lot of the times, the hero of the film, the one that saves the world is Phoebe. Yeah, yeah. She's not even on the fucking poster. <laughs> it's like, that's the hero. Like, in, in, in 2020, if they made that movie, like, it'd be like, you know, she'd be on the cover, like, with the book in her hand and the amulet, rah, you know? Yeah. It would be her film. 
<laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I guess she would. She's technically we held. the hero of the movie. We helped, but she ended the whole thing. Like it was her deal. It was her doing. <laughs> that, that is awesome. <laughs> that's funny. Um, <laughs> that's pretty. What were cool, we talking though. about before? You were, so you were asking. You, had, you did ask me a question, and I totally went off. Oh well. Um, well, the, the main question was the scene where you're staking the vamp that you actually get to stake. Right. And I. And not only is it kind of a kind of intense scene considering the age of Rudy doing it, but as, when you're actually perform when you actually shot the scene, was it a, kind of like a tense scene a little bit to, you know, because I mean to do that with you know the actress is that kind of tough? Sure, a lot. Of, you know, it's very technical. You know, you're seeing it with like the score and the shots and the lighting and like you know it's been color code. You know, it's, it's you know. It, it, it looks beautiful when you see it. When you're there, it's like walk. It's Fred's like you know, walk over here. You're walking over here. You got the cigarette in your mouth. You pull the stake out, pull it back, and shoot. Cut. Let's do that one more time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Do it again. Okay. Now she's coming up to you, and then we, you know, we worked it out with a stunt person. You know, like I'm gonna grab her by the arm. She's gonna choke me and then I'm going down, and I'm going down, and then I pull it out and make it really dramatic, bring it all the way up, Fred's screaming at me, bring it all the way up, and bam, yeah, and it, like, collapses into her chest. And then they go, cut, and then we walk away, and I go, are you okay? She goes, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm like, okay. Are you okay? I'm, and she's like, are you okay? Should I choke you more? I'm like, um, no, I'm good. I'm good. It- it's been a weird thing for her to be, you know, yeah, you're going to, you're going to be basically choking a 15 year old. (laughs) When you're there, it's a job, you know, honestly, it's a job. It's like, this is what I've got. You know, it's not like I'm doing this, obviously not a malice or anything, you know, you know, Fred's like choke him, you choke him. And then it's just all, it's all choreographed, you know, it's acting, you know, like we've been on stage, we know we've taken classes. This is how you choke someone on stage and make it look real. This is how you get choked. You know, and this is how you stake someone in the heart. You know, you learn all that stuff. It's all part of the process. People are like, oh, God, you're such a little actor, baby. You know, actors are babies. They just, like, make millions of dollars. It's like, I don't know. Did you see fucking Harrison Ford getting dragged behind a goddamn truck? Like, <laughs> he, he was doing that. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, who do you get to do that work sitting behind your desk on your computer? No. Like he's getting dragged <laughs> behind a tree. Yeah, he's getting millions of dollars to do it, but it hurts like hell. It's not easy. <laughs> so I mean, it's kind of so when you were on set, the adults just kind of treated you guys like you were just other actors, or was that sense of these are you know these adults, you're the kids, you know, try to keep in mind, you know, careful, you know, that kind of thing. Well, there are laws. So I mean, our set teacher uh, doubles as a you know set supervisor basically and she's there to make sure that you know if there's something that we're not allowed to do she's like no he can't do that he's not allowed to do that you know she can speak up on a full you know 100 plus crew of like you know sweaty men pulling cables and (laughs) moving cameras around (laughs) this little woman was like no andre can't do that Maybe like, oh, so, God, we have to like relight this whole thing. <laughs> you know, like, so what kind of things were you told you could, they, they couldn't do? Since it's like, what, a thousand years later, I think I could tell this story. 
if there's a shot of me like leaning out the window with binoculars from the treehouse. Yeah. Well, I think nowadays they probably just, you know, CGI that or something. That was actually a, a treehouse built in a real tree. We didn't do the scenes in the, the interiors inside that treehouse, but that thing was built up in a tree for exterior shots. And Fred said, I need you to go up and, and, and uh, climb up the tree and look out that window. And I was like, okay. And Elise, our set teacher, was like, no way. And they're like, oh, please, just like five minutes. He's gonna crawl, he's just gonna look out the window. No, we'll, we'll put people up there, hold his legs, like it's totally safe. No. And I was just standing there, just like, you know, I'm an actor, tell me where to stand. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what to do right now. I wasn't <laughs> fighting, I wasn't saying anything. And then, and then I found out later, what they did was they had her, there was like an emergency, quote unquote, somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> like Eugene hurt his leg <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Or Michael Faustino hurt himself, or he fell down, or you need to go baby him, or whatever. And uh, she was gone. And Fred goes, go, do it now, go. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I get up there, and there's like literally like a lighting guy up there, like one guy on his side, like laying there with, a, you know, with a huge fucking, you know, light. And like a, like a small K, but like pretty bright. And he goes, I'm, I'm here to hold your legs. And he had, and he had a walkie-talkie, and you could hear Fred go, okay, and action! And I just pulled the curtains aside, I just leaned out, this guy was holding onto my legs. He said, cut, he goes, come down really fast! <laughs> and I got down, <laughs> and, then, and then she came back, and they were like, yeah, we didn't do it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so what happened, did, did they tell the kid, uh, Eugene or whoever it was, to actually pretend they were hurt? Or, like, I have no idea. <laughs> she had to know I, she got uh, screwed. I was probably making that part up. But there was definitely an emergency. Like she, she had to go attend to something else, you know, like you're needed over here for something. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tricks of the trade. Yep. <laughs> probably so, couldn't get, well, you know, if you want to talk about things you couldn't get away with now, probably that's something. Child endangerment? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you probably have like six people like that on set, like watching like a hawk, you know, as a child actor. Uh, I'm surprised, was there a net to catch you in case you fell or something? No, no. No? You, what you see on film when I'm leaning out that window, that's it. There's no CGI at all. There's nothing. That, there's a swamp below me, a giant tree. <clears throat> the clubhouse in the tree. I was up there <laughs> for real. Well, well, luckily you're not agoraphobic, huh? <laughs> I mean, I'm not agoraphobic. Uh, well, scared of heights. I don't know if it's agoraphobic or not. Yeah, I am not. I am scared of heights now, but I wasn't then. I'm, and also, like, I don't know. I have this like fearless actor thing in me. Same with musician, like being on stage. Like, you just do it. Like, I don't. You know, I, I don't like being up high or, or heights. But if someone's like, hang off this building. We're like, okay, you just do it. It, it, it kind of like, you know, there's an old, there's a saying, I, I, I think it was Judy Dench when she was asked if she's ever afraid to go on stage. And she said, fears the batteries. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm using that. Like, yeah. Use the fear. Are you afraid? Then do it. You know, that's the batteries that keep you going. That's cool. That, that's a great line. Yeah. It was either Judy Dench or Kate Winslet. 
<laughs> a little bit of a difference there. <laughs> Two women I'm completely in love with, but you know. <laughs> well, I think the, the cool thing with, uh, and definitely in Monster Squad is Andre Gower and yourself seem to be as responsible than almost anyone else in keeping Monster Squad alive in the social consciousness and alive, I mean, in just the, the movies, theater, people's uh, imaginations. So why is the movie so important to you that you do seem to, almost more than even Fred Drecker himself, try to keep the movie alive, alive for people? Um, Andre more than me, for sure, because he's got the doc coming out. Yeah. We'll talk, if we can talk about that in a minute, that'd be awesome. Of course. Well, I think it was, I think it was a shock. It was like, I think it has to do with shock for years and years. We just went on with our lives. I mean, literally like after the day it came out and it tanked, we were like, all right, that sucks. Moving on. And I actually went back to Kids Incorporated like, like the day after I was done shooting Monster Squad. So like I already I had something else going on, and and then when it came out, we thought it was like going to be the biggest thing in the world, you know, huge yeah. monster, you know, crazy hit, and it wasn't. And so, but as an actor in the business, and like you know, you know that, like oh well, okay, now what's next? And we all moved up. We, we all moved on. It wasn't until 2006 that I even heard that people knew what this movie was. Somebody had called us or emailed us from the Alamo Draft House in Austin, Texas. He worked for Ain't it cool. he was a reporter for Ain't It Cool News, Eric Vespi. And they were gonna do two screenings. They were gonna do a screening of the Monster Squad and asked us to come out. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> like, what is this? And they're like, yeah, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a, we're gonna show the movie on the big screen. It's gonna be a print of it. Now I'm, you know, 36. Yeah. At this point. No, wait, I'm 26. Wait, no. How old am I? No, I'm 36. <laughs> and I am like, I have no idea what you're talking about. This is insane. Like, we're going to fly to Austin, Texas. We'll put you up in a hotel room. We'll be here for a few days. We'll feed you. We'll do the whole thing. All you have to do is say hi and answer some questions in front of the audience after the screening and probably do a signing afterwards. And I was like, yeah, like sign a thing for like three people. And like, this is going to be embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is gonna be, but like, fuck it. Free trip to Austin. I love Austin. My band played in South by Southwest all the time. Like I get to go to Austin for free. Yeah, let's do it. I was like, sure, I'll do it. They're like, Oh, well, Andre's coming to him. Like Andre, I haven't seen, you know, I haven't seen Andre since, you know, the eighties. Yeah. So, and then all of a sudden Fred was going to be there. And I, and, and Ashley, I'm like, I haven't seen these people in years. This is crazy. I have a completely different life now. And I went and it was a fucking madhouse, like two sold out screenings. Like they had to add one. They made like some crazy poster for it and we were mobbed and I was in shock. Like, I don't believe, I brought my girlfriend from Austin, from San Francisco. She was like, oh, what is this? <laughs> And then she was like, wait a minute, what is this? <laughs> what is happening right now? I'm like, I don't know. I did this movie when I was a little kid. Like, it obvi I obviously somehow like blew up over the years. I, have, I had no idea. And then that snowballs. And that's why Andre and I are so involved with it because people just keep asking us to come and do things and we enjoy it. And then we started realizing, you know, this is for the fans. We have our own lives. We do other things. But they love this. They love it. 
and it's a treat to watch their faces light up. <laughs> Why is this happening? This is so bizarre, but it's sweet, and it's not you know, and it means something to these people on a level that I could never understand, except maybe with E.T. or mm. Star Wars. You know, like when I was a little boy, like when I, in the early, you know, in the seventies when Star Wars came out, you know, you know, that just sort of feeling in your heart when you see the logo or something, you know, when people see like the Stephen King rules t-shirt or, you know, even uh, one of the images of one of the monsters, they know what it is. And that's a club and that's a squad. And that's what makes it so exclusive and important and what makes it a cult film. Yeah, uh, if you know, I, I you was know. talking to. If you know, you know. If you don't, then you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I was talking to when I was talking to Andre last week, I was talking to him about my experience with Monster Squad, and I told him once again. I saw it when I was seven or eight. My father owned a video store called um, Video King, and he was he brought the movie home on VHS. And we watched it that, that way. Uh, eventually, he let us keep the movie, and I told him, I said. For me, Monster Squad was never like a bomb. To me, it had always felt like a classic movie that I just assumed everyone had already known and loved. It went. It wasn't. In, it literally wasn't until I started doing research to interview Andre that I looked at it. And I was like, "It bombed? What the fuck? What do you mean it bombed? <laughs> you know, oh, people okay. weren't talking about. It. I don't. I, to me, it was always just well, that's this great like, movie. You could have been, you been in the documentary because the, you almost said verbatim what we kept hearing over and over again over and over again. That was the whole idea that Andre had behind the documentary was that, what is this? We don't make a documentary about the Monster Squad. We can throw some stuff in for the fans. Little stories here and there, definitely some, you know, behind the BTS stuff and things like that. But I think the documentary is just about them. Why is this happening? What is this? Like, how does this happen to this specific film? There are, as we talked about before, 11 billion films, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and, and, and very few of them get to that level. You know, you may love, I hate saying the word out loud, the Goonies. Yeah. But that movie was huge. That is not a cult film. Like that didn't, that movie didn't like, you know, snowball it into an audience. That movie was bam, enormous right away. The Monster Squad yeah, I, I, doesn't have that. It found the audience as the years progressed. And a lot, you know, a lot of films don't have that. A lot of them. And they also don't have the gateway factor into a genre. You know? Like, mm. you can show your... You can be, like, the biggest horror fan in the world. Your entire house is full of Freddy and Jason memorabilia. And you have a child, and they grow up, and they just see all that. So they don't... They're not scared of it. It's just like a thing. But you don't show them those films yet. You show them the Monster Squad first. Get them mm. into it. It's the gateway into the horror world. Yeah, I mean, I would say for me, the 80s movies that to me always defined the 80s for me was Labyrinth, Neverending Story, and Monster Squad. Those like the three <laughs> movies that were like my childhood. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And like and, and I said, and it was just, it definitely was brilliant. And one cool thing was that Andre, in preparation for that interview, sent me over the documentary Wolfman's Got Nards, and I thought that documentary was absolutely brilliant. It, I, I, it's just such an emotional tether throughout the entire 
movie where you just felt the shared love of this one thing. Yeah, that's what it's about. I mean, it really is. It's really emotional, too. Like, it's not just people like saying, oh, my God, I love this movie when I was a kid. That's great. They actually have a specific story that they run through. A lot of them sound the same, which is what makes it so special. It's like, oh, wow, like you all have the same experience, like throughout the years and you didn't even know each other. But it, it's not like, oh, I like this movie. I like to watch it when I was a kid. It's like, I bought this movie. I used to rent this movie every day on VHS until they just gave it to me or I stole it. <laughs> and then I just owned it and I watched it all the time. And I never thought that anyone else didn't know what this movie was. And I, I'm like, God, I just heard someone say that like five minutes ago. Like, that's incredible. <laughs> like, what? I didn't know that. I was just living my life. And so to see it all accumulated into one piece of art, you know, that's Wolfman's Cut and Ours, it's, it, that's what makes it emotional. Because you just start realizing this is important for some reason to a lot of people. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, I must say, at least for me, the, the reason it's just, I mean, it was an incredible movie. And once again, maybe just partly the age group that when I first saw it, you wanted to be in the Monster Squad. You wanted to be there and open up doors to a world of all these other monsters that could, could either could exist or do exist. And I think it just captures your imagination almost immediately. I get it. I'm, I, you know, I have those in my life too, so I understand it. I've had that same feeling in my heart about things. It's a little different being a part of something and having it be that to someone else. But I'm not eye rolling or like, you know, shrugging off from anybody. Like I'm genuinely interested in what they have to say and get to the truth. And that's kind of what that documentary is. It's like, why? Also, you know, we, you know, they show a lot of like other filmmakers and a lot of other, you know, people that are involved in, in media and entertainment industry and art and everything. And, you know, they all said the same thing. They said, this is why I wanted to pursue what I do now because of this movie. Like I wanted to do films after I saw this. And I always say, yeah, I have that too with Henry Thomas, you know, hmm. when I saw him on screen, I know this doesn't have anything to do with music, but like I understood what he was doing on screen. And I went to see that film, like, I don't know, seven times in the theaters at the Cinerama Dome here in Hollywood. And I couldn't get enough of it. And I, but I knew what he was doing. I knew he wasn't Elliot, you know, I knew he was Henry Thomas playing Elliot. I'm like, I get that. And so that's, that was my reasoning for getting into, you know, that, you know, getting more into like being an actor and understanding that world. And now I feel like, you know, not on the ET scale, but I kind of got that in a weird kind of roundabout way. You know, I can sleep at night saying, Hey man, you were in a fucking cult movie. <laughs> like, that's, pretty, that's pretty goddamn cool. No matter what else yeah. I do in my life ever or any of my records ever make it or whatever who gives a shit. I was in that movie that I can be in a restaurant somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And someone walks in with a Stephen King rules shirt and I could just go, nice shirt. <laughs> and then they don't even know. 
thanks. And I'm like, um, yes. Well, when, when Andre came to you and said, we're making this documentary with the Got Nards, it's going to be about Monster Squad. And obviously, I think he did it. He started it several years ago, around 2018. What did you think when he told you that? Did you think, well, why are you doing that? Why are you, you know, what's the point? Or did you think, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I got that. Let's do this. No, it didn't happen that way at all. Andre and I were like totally just hanging out all the time. Like we were doing other projects together. We had a TV show on Nerdist Network called Short Ends. And we were always talking about it. Like he dreamed it up. Like it was his like, you know, bam, you know, thing. but we talked about making the documentary all, all the time. Like we were, we'd go to like the one-on-one cafe and sit there and chat and talk about you know, what it's supposed to be and things like that. And we I bounce ideas off each other. And then we actually tried to shoot some of it at a convention in Chicago and brought like a small film crew with us. They shot some stuff. And then, and then it actually turned into a beer thing with a full production behind us and everything. So, and Andre definitely made all of that happen, but I was there from literally like the inception of the whole thing like the beginning and it was always going to be about like us on the road or so, you know, like we were going to shoot us like at these conventions and meet the fans. We wanted to interview the fans. So it was always that I, I was there day one. Now, obviously one thing that people do discuss with monster squad as well, there's been talk obviously of remaking the monster squad. I think I heard some news about that not within even the last few uh, months. This question. Uh. Yes. It's going to, you know, it had to come. Did you prefer the remake or the continuation? Well, obviously a continuation for sure. Whether I'm involved in it or not, I'd rather see the story move on. I, I believe there was some chat at some point about a remake. I, I don't know what the details of that are. They were going re- to remake it and then they decided not to. I think it was Michael Bay. Oh, wow. He was going to make it. He was, I mean, he was involved with the first one. <laughs> so <laughs> he, was, he was there. Yeah. Yeah, I think they were going to remake it. And probably, I mean, you know, they probably would have called one of us for a cameo. Who knows? Probably Andre as like a cop or something like that. But like, (laughs) yeah, there's nothing now. I will say that I am, unless there's something I don't know about, there is absolutely nothing I know about that's going to conspire or come to fruition yet. Maybe after the doc, there'll be more interest. I don't know. Well, We'll, well, I definitely would say that, I mean, the documentary, when it comes out, I think it's October 27th, I believe. Yes. It's actually is a release date. For pre-sale, um, like you can get, you can pre-set, you pre-order it on Amazon, the, the Blu-ray. And then the 27th, I believe it goes up on VOD everywhere. Well, and like and said, that's and, an Andre question. I don't freaking know. <laughs> I'm sure I asked him on, on that interview to do it. But I, I, like I said, the, the one thing about it is that it is tremendously well done. And I think it's one of those times where you get an appreciation for the actors enjoying the fact they were in a movie. Sometimes you see movies or you talk about to, to actors about a movie and you can kind of see their not disdain, but maybe exhaustion about discussing a certain film sure. that they've done. But the people, you know, you and Andre, you can tell, and hopefully Duncan, when I talk to him, actually tr- do <laughs> have that affection for it. Yeah, like I think I was saying before, it's like, it, it, it's still kind of new to us in a weird way. You know, it, it's been a while since we found out that there was a thing still going on, but it, the, the time before that 
from the time we made it until from the time it bombed until we found out that there was actually a new thing going on, there was nothing in our brains about it. Nothing. Every once in a while, I get like, you know, I'd be like, oh my God, that? <laughs> that still exists somewhere? All right. But we don't, you know, yeah. Our passion for it, I guess, just stems from like fans, truly. I mean, if they weren't there, I wouldn't be talking to you right now and I'd just be sitting here watching the Dodger game, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, this is all. Anything that I do that has to do with the Monster Squad has nothing to do with me personally. I am literally doing it all for you. And I don't feel bad about that at all. <laughs> like, I'm okay with it. I, you know, I don't want to be, I don't really like being gushed over, I guess, but like, it's kind of weird being at those conventions yeah. sometimes. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's just really funny. It's kind of funny. Why did this happen? Why is this happening to this thing? Yeah. All of a sudden, it, it, it doesn't make sense and it makes perfect sense. Well, one thing, if you ever come to Rhode Island for one of the conventions, please let me know because I definitely need to get your autograph and you stop by. Um, I'll send you something. Just uh, email me your address or something. I got some stuff here I can send you. I, I would greatly appreciate that, especially sure. with no conventions apparently for a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing a virtual one, I believe, on the... 30th. Is that GalaxyCon? I don't know what any of them are called, but yeah. Okay. That sounds right. I also, am I correct that this year you also have a movie coming out called The uh, Wrecker, correct? No. I mean, there is a movie that I was in called Wrecker, but that is definitely not coming out this year. Okay. It, it's completed though, correct? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I, I don't want to say too much about that guy's stuff. That was, I was still living in San Francisco when I made that movie. I, I started to audition for things in San Francisco, being in that theater group. I just started to go on like film auditions that, were, that took place in San Francisco. Like if a film came through SF, I'd, I'd go audition for like, you know, body number two. I'm like, gotta start somewhere again. So I was just going on any auditions and then this one came up and it was for that. And I went on it and the guy liked me. And then it turns out like the DP who was actually one of the producers on it as well, like was a gigantic monster squad fan. <laughs> and I, he probably said, well, we just got to get that guy. <laughs> yeah. And I did it. I play like a really disgusting drugged out rapey priest. It's not cool. <laughs> it was fun as fuck to make. Yeah. Yeah. I, I And it was like, you know, I had done a few other short films right before that. And like, I was probably the only one that knew how to be on a film set. <laughs> like, in those <laughs> short films, I'm like, I wouldn't put the camera there. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because the sun is right there. <laughs> <laughs> like, we either, we either need to wait like five minutes. Like, well, I'm the director. And I'm like, okay, it's moving like shit. And of course it did. I've done that. <laughs> I, I know I did this a long time ago, but I still know what I'm talking about. And then when I did Wrecker, they knew what they were doing. And, and, and it's, that's going to be a fun movie if they could pull it off. It's really super cheesy. It's very like, there's like a, uh, Wrecker is the name of a, of a man who's like basically like this gigantic Schwarzenegger monster, way taller than that. Like just a beast of a man who's like going on like a vigilante rampage. And uh, so it's just fun, comic booky, martial artsy insane film and uh, brian who's 
who is Wrecker is also the director. And uh, man, that was a long time ago I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it probably keeps saying like it's coming out, but that's probably not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When in preparing for the interview, I checked up IDM Pro as I usually do, and Wrecker had in parentheses 2020, so it was my assumption that it was a release date for 2020. He probably keeps changing it every every year. He goes 2021, 2022, 2020. You know, <laughs> he'll just keep changing the date. <laughs> I mean, I think we. I think I shot that in I, literally like 2013. <laughs> oh shit. 14, maybe? I don't remember. I moved back to LA in 2015, and I did that in San Francisco. So, I don't know whatever year that was, but it was definitely five years ago. Oh, wow. Well, if it ever does come out, you need to let me know. And like I said, and also like I said, when your new album comes out, please let me know so we can advertise it, at least put it on social media and make sure we shout it out as, lo- as much as humanly possible. Oh, of course. I would love, I need, you know, all the help you can get with music these days. It's hard to get it's hard to get rock bands out there, indie rock bands, especially indie rock bands. It's like, it's impossible. <laughs> Literally, like, we're, we're basically like putting it out because like we did it. That's it. Yeah. You know, we're not looking for like anything from it other than like, we just need this to get out of our hands and into the world and then we can forget about it. <laughs> That's kind of how we feel. <laughs> not forget forget about it, but like, you right, know, right. we're not going to like, Go on a big tour with like t-shirts. None of that's happening. Like we're putting out a record. If you like it, you like it. If not, I don't know, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, you definitely do um, want to let me know. Like I said, when I listened to the last album, I, I thought, you know, it was extremely good. I really enjoyed listening to it. If you do ever post the lyrics too, let me know as well. I'd love to read them. Of course. But uh, yeah, and like I said, and Wolfman got ours. And hope maybe at some point we would like to do a, I'm not going to say a reunion because you guys have been together, but get you know all of you together and, and do another chat with all of you. Sure. Anytime, man. Well, I want to thank you very much for being um, so generous with your time. It was, you were a fantastic conversation. I really did enjoy it. Appreciate that. back that was pretty cool again i want to thank ryan for coming on and sitting down with jeff and chatting so much they had a great time and ryan uh, if you ever want to come back on feel free to come back on i'd love to chat with you and with that i'm going to go ahead and get through this because as i said before it's hard to do outros by intro outros by yourself because i have no one to play off of so i'm just like i'm talking to my computer screen staring at stuff so with all that being said go to spoilerverse.com check out all of our back issues we got more stuff with people like ryan lambert we got more authors we got more artists more writers more authors writers same close to the same thing whatever actors producers directors composers so many cool people out there that we've talked to that you can go listen to us chat with and and we try our best to have conversations with people that are not like every other podcast out there we don't ask the same questions everybody else asks yes we ask questions that make people think not that we're trying to be all hoity-toity but we ask questions that we want to know not just the same you know, same five questions everybody, everybody always asks. We ask some of those, obviously, but we try and learn more about the person. We try and learn who they are. So if you like that kind of interviews or what we did here with Ryan, what Jeff did here with Ryan, and what we do in all the other interviews, other interviews we have with Casey and Melissa and Kendrick and myself, and sometimes Robert, head over to whatevers.com and check out all of our back issues or go to your podcatcher and just subscribe and download all the episodes because you know you want to. And while you're on spoilerverse.com, check out all of our other podcasts we have up there. Virgin the Geekdoms, for Funny Book Forensics, Nerds from the Crypt, 
You know, the list goes on and on and on. Or you want to hear my voice more? Listen to Haphazard Adventures and watch this here radio. There's a lot of those up there. I kind of put them in under the radar, but you know, my wife and I do Haphazard. I do Watch Series by myself. We've got new episodes coming out soon. You might hear her do an intro here pretty soon. I mean, this is pretty cool stuff. We do all that. And also on Splitverse.com, check out our reviews and previews and articles and all the cool stuff we post daily. I'm posting daily up in there. And last thing you can do to help us out, you can go to a store, you can buy a t-shirt, you can buy a hoodie or whatever you want. Look fly as hell, look pretty cool, and help us out. That money goes to support the entire site and all the podcasts on there for you. It's pretty easy, pretty simple to do and help support us. Or if you want to support us and not spend the money, just share it around. Go on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever, and share us around. Tell everybody to come listen to our shows. Go to our website. We would love that. And what I also want you to do, I know it's a lot I'm asking. I'm asking a lot of you here, but it's okay. You can do it. I believe in you. Go to scpod.us slash discord. Once again, scpod.us slash discord. And join our public discord server. We have lots of channels there, lots of fun stuff. And we're going to be doing some giveaways there, some contests. So, and some discord-only content. So go join that up. Come say hi to us. We're all on there. We're all chatting out. There's there's other listeners on there already. There's all of us are on there. So come do it. And you'll love it. Once again, scpod.us slash discord. And with that... In notions of podcasts, we are Cthulhu, and as Cthulhu compels you to do, open your mind and read more.